Hey everyone, welcome to the Swish Waterlad podcast. Yes, Swish have come on board as the major sponsor of Waterlad, and I am super excited to be working with this crew. For those who don't know what Swish is, it's a really cool platform that gives you an opportunity to get a personalised video message from some of your favourite sports stars. Now I've been scrolling through the list of stars and I've found some absolute lads and some Waterlad legends on there for you to go and test out. Firstly, recent Waterlad star Elliot Dixon is on there. Maybe you could get him to send you a personalised knockout story or something like that. I know nobody gets sick of hearing about those. Also, All Black legend Aaron Smith, Gritty Tasman Marco, Andrew Newstub, and there's plenty, plenty more on there. I've also got a Waterlad discount code for you all, which is Waterlad in capitals, no spaces, and I'll post a link in the description of this podcast so you can just go click on that. But the best thing, the very best thing about it all is that a huge chunk of the proceeds go to Kiwi Kids Charities. It's all super cool stuff, but I've got a legend on for this episode, so let's get to it. Ah, what a lad. Well, today I have someone who I've been trying to get on for a very long time. But having recently played his 100th game for the Hurricanes and becoming the oldest player to ever play Super Rugby, now is the perfect time. And I won't read all the teams that he's played for over his career because it will take up too much time. But let's just say he has had an incredibly successful 19-year career in this wonderful game. But what everyone will know this man for who has played with him will know he's one of the real characters of the game. And you do not find many better lads than this man. It is the great Ben May. Welcome, lad. Jeez, that's a big intro, mate. That's a good... Uh, yeah, thanks for um, speaking kindly of me. Not many do. <laughs> mate, it's great to have you on. I know we got close a couple of times early on in season one, but um, we're here now. Great to have you on. Yeah, mate, I just had a kid, I think, and uh, <laughs> big old change for the old dad. <laughs> Having a kid... <laughs> I've been 19 years of footy, I've been the most selfish human on the planet, and I'm, I'm unsure how I managed to find a wife, but uh, anyway. You've got there, and you've got your beautiful daughter, how's it all been, time away from her, locked away in um, Queenstown? Yeah, it's not too, yeah, it's difficult, you know what it's like when you've got kids, but um, no, nah, it's all good mate, I don't have to cook any feeds, and uh, I've got my own room, and uh, I don't have to wake up and do anything with the kids so it's not too bad yeah <laughs> what have you been up to in your wee bubble how how restricted is it there in queenstown oh hugely restrictive <laughs> no well i've actually got a business another business helps outfitters and um we've got a farm down here that we run and uh yeah i've been whipping out there the the main rule is a meter and a half from anyone else and wearing a mask so that's that's relatively easy on a farm. So you just shoot off? Yeah, I just take the work wagon out there and do a full day's work on my own. <laughs> <laughs> what about training? <laughs> yeah, no, train, but, you know, days off, Sundays, Wednesdays. Oh, I didn't actually expect to play down here, so I thought I'd get more time out there next minute on having a bloody uh, strip up. <laughs> <laughs> strip up for your 100th game, though, mate. What a... What an achievement that was. How was how was the week leading up to that? You you mentioned you didn't expect to be playing, but once you were named, what was that like? Well, I haven't played 
decent footy for a couple of years. Obviously, I retired, <laughs> and uh, I've just been dairy farming. So I um, I had an okay preseason. Uh, the first week, I literally thought I was going to end up in um, ICU. <laughs> Um, but then I ended up playing a couple of pre-seasons and I thought I went pretty, I thought I went pretty average, eh? And then all of a sudden my name gets read out to play the Crusaders round one and I was like, oh, my heart just (laughs) dropped. (laughs) Um, so I sort of quickly went into the the playbook and thought, I need to sort this out. I need to be good. (laughs) (laughs) You mentioned you retired a couple of years earlier. When did you decide that um, you were going to give it another crack? You were going to join the Canes for the preseason. No, well, Alfie called me up. I was on the tractor about to go and fix a couple of fences, and he calls me up, which he's, he often does just for, well, I wouldn't say coaching mentor, but just to run a few things past me. And I just thought it was one of those chats, and, and we had that chat, and then he says, oh, what, what, what are you up to? So oh, I'm just going to fix a couple of fences off here. And he says, um, well, how's the body? He says, yeah, no, nah, man. As it is when you retire, everything feels good. <laughs> and um, he's like, oh, yeah. Um, well, just a question. Oe Franks has just done his Achilles. Um, w- would you come in for a week or so? And I was like, no way, Elf. <laughs> and, then I, and then I, so anyway, we finished that convo and then, I think he rang me back the next day and was like, you know, seriously about that thing, Bam, do you reckon you could come in? And I was like, mate. Well, I said, oh, look, if you if you desperately need me, I'll come in. You know that. So here I am. And was 99 a big part of that decision? Well, yeah, I had the night to sleep on it. And then I thought, shit, maybe I should have, maybe I should have said, yeah, yeah, I'm keen. <laughs> um, and this was in December, you see, and I thought, oh, okay. It can't hurt me too much in a month preseason. You know, it's not like the old days, the old eight weeks of just grinding. Um, turns out you can hurt someone in a, in a week, let alone a month. <laughs> How was the preseason? Looked like you were holding your own in there in the videos I saw. Mate, I actually smashed the surf to peak. Did you? Best ever. <laughs> Obviously, you got to run at the start. Yeah. So I came from the back on the run and then... I smoked the bike, won the bike. Did you? Shit. And that got me, you know what that does, that puts you That puts you for the hill run ready to go. <laughs> Just got gassed on the hill. <laughs> oh, mate, I think I got about 10th. Oh, yeah, that is pretty good, though. Which is pretty good out of, uh, well, you know yourself. And especially at your age, mate, 39, still going strong. And are you still doing, like, the wrestling sessions and, you know, the old cog breathing techniques and all that sort of stuff in your pre-season? <laughs> Yeah, no, none of the breathing stuff, mate. Just the, just a lot of a lot of bashing each other and running. Is it? No ball in the preseason? Uh, yeah, well, we did this year because obviously we only had four weeks so, and you got to hit the ground running. So we had mm. to do a lot of ball stuff, but they also added a lot of contact-ready stuff in which I struggled with. <laughs> but uh, got me here, got me here, got me through that first game, so happy. Yeah, and how was the game? Obviously, against the Crusaders, the team you started with and... Mate, bring up your 100th at Foresight Bar. What was it like? Oh, it was what every kid dreams of. But I was so geeked and I wanted to be really good that I pretty much didn't do anything. <laughs> I ran around. I was inaccurate at ruck time. 
I've just actually had a review with Gibbo, and he's like, what were you thinking, mate? And I was like, mate, I, pr- I think I got a little bit emotional and tied up in, in the occasion. He goes, yeah, well, it looked like that. You've actually, you've, you've been effective at bugger all. <laughs> so hopefully I um, get a chance to redeem myself on a, on a, on a chill level. Did you, did you touch that ball? That question came in a few times, the one they checked. Oh, I don't think I did. I, I think I would have to be a better athlete to have touched it because it was down <laughs> at the bootlaces, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't think I got a finger on that one. Oh, true. Absolute heartbreak because that was a massive turning point in the game, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a few. Yeah. Mm. You could tell it was Brendan Pickerel's first game, couldn't you? It was very indecisive. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Uh, Brendan's a great rep. Oh, mate, it's a, it's a tough job. It's a, it's a very tough job. Shout out to Brendan, uh, doing a great job yeah. as a referee. Yeah, no, they are. They are. <laughs> yeah. How's the boys looking? How, how's the environment been? Uh, it's been good, mate, yeah, but when you lose the Crusaders, it's never... Happy week after it. So mm. um, we've been into our work today, and tomorrow's going to be a bit of a grind, I'd say. So, yeah. but you know, the boys are really good. So we weren't far off. Uh, I'm sure we'll sort it. Mm, surely, but mate, the oldest player to ever play Super Rugby. What a what an achievement that is. How does how does that sit with you? Well, it's quite demoralising, mate. I did. It was better when no one actually knew my age because everyone sort of puts me around that 35 mark. Yeah. But, yeah, now that it's all come out in the open, people are like, what is going on? The guy's like 40. (laughs) So um, I think I've sort of flown under that 35 radar for about 10 years. Yeah, good skincare. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, no, it's been, um, oh, I guess... Any record when you're from when you grow up in Murchison's a good one. <laughs> how have you done it? How have you how have you played the game for so long? Thirty nine, almost forty. Like literally, is there any secrets or anything? Like, well, this is KT. KT asked me this after the game, and I said, mate, I don't think you choose longevity; it chooses you. Because mm. I've had heaps of mates like yourself that would well, still want to be playing footy. We don't all just yeah. one day go, oh bugger it, I've had a guts full. Yeah, it's normally the body that lets you down, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I just, you know me, I just train like everyone else every day and um, I just haven't had that many bad injuries. I've had a knee reconstruction and things early on, but yeah, obviously just had robust genetics. (laughs) (laughs) But you have always done all the things in your sort of prehab and stuff. Your body's always in great shape. Mate, you've got hardly any skin folds over your body for a prop, mate. You're you're shredded. Um, is, do you think that's been a part of it, or it's genuinely been a bit of luck? Oh, it could be, mate. Yeah, like you say, I love it. I love training. So, yeah. Um, you know, I'm always training, and even on my days off, I don't, <laughs> I don't like to relax. I go hunting all day, and uh, mm. sometimes I overdo that side of things. So, but. Um, <laughs> I've had a few weeks when you were in the team where I was getting told off because I was absolutely wrecked on a Thursday <laughs> from from hunting trips. Um, but no, no, I don't think I train any harder than anyone else, mate. I think it's just genuinely good luck and um, I guess perseverance too. I've had a few injuries where I could have pulled pin, but obviously love the game. So, <clears throat> Sorry to interrupt there, Jimmy. Tim Bateman here. 
I just wanted to jump in and announce an exciting opportunity for your lad listeners out there. We at O Studio are looking for professional rugby players to take on premium wellbeing spaces across New Zealand and abroad. The skills we acquire through our rugby careers put us in the perfect position to own our own wellbeing businesses, which is the second fastest growing industry in the world. O Studio is New Zealand's largest modern wellness and recovery space, offering flotation, yoga, pilates, meditation, sauna, ice bath, massage, recovery spaces, and an online studio. Running your own ship lets you own your own time, pursue something exciting, and if done well, returns bloody well financially. If you're interested to find out more, go to the O Studio website or email me directly on tim at ostudio.co.nz. Back to the show. The rehab's tough. I know Colsey struggles. He has that many rehab. You know what it's like rehabbing. It's like six weeks of the worst crap training you could possibly get through. Mm. Um, So that some people do get sick of that. Nice. I see why. Yeah, fair enough. And is is this you done? You think is is this the last hurrah for you? Definitely, mate. I've got other obligations now. (laughs) Kirsty and I are. uh, into the dairy farming now and I need to focus on that um, I've been lucky enough she let me come and play this 100th game and maybe a few more until Owe gets back but yeah no I definitely won't be back next year <laughs> mate you've said that that many times <laughs> yeah I've said goodbye to the boys twice already and they've huckered me out so I feel bad <laughs> <laughs> do you think you'll get one more <laughs> what hacker surely <laughs> oh it must get to the point it must get to the point where it's like oh come on Bama, that's there's only so many hackers we can give you uh, yeah i don't think they will hacker me at this time i'm hoping to get team man of the year again just to round that off we pretty much got both hands on that trophy between me and you yeah how many times are you up to now you must be up to about five Oh, no, nah, it wasn't as many as you, but I, I think I've had at least three. Um, yeah. Hell of a lad, mate. Love it. <laughs> and you've been massive for that side. But we're speaking like um, the Canes have been your only side that you've played for. But, mate, you've played for almost every team in New Zealand. Uh, but like always, you mentioned Murchison before. I do want to know a little bit more about what your life was like growing up 39 years ago. Give us a bit of a rundown. Hard to remember, actually, Jimmy. <laughs> No, it was um, oh, just like every country kid grew up on the farm uh, and loved it. We had plenty of um, scope when I was a young fella, uh, but I always did want to get out. Yeah. And thankfully, my parents sent me to Nelson College, where is, which is where I sort of ran into you blokes. <laughs> you were way before me. <laughs> I was still at primary school. Well, yeah, okay, okay. But I, <laughs> I do remember being, oh no, I coached, didn't I, didn't I coach you and your brother or something? <laughs> you coached Tommy, mentioned it the other night, he was, um, I think he was oh, 12, he? yeah, and you were, yeah, right. you were playing for the Marco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, no, Murchison was great, but I sort of left there, went to Nelson Boys and never went back, um, obviously I go back there and see family and friends and do quite a bit of hunting, but um, it was always a dream of mine to get out of there and... Uh, I always wanted to play for the Crusaders. Obviously, growing up in Murchison, you're a Crusader, one-eyed um, fan, but I didn't actually think it was possible, obviously. I don't think many kids do. Were you good at rugby? Not particularly, no. By all accounts, you were a back, were you, to start kicking goals and all sorts? 
Yeah, yeah, I did. I played for Buller mm. as a second five, and I kicked the goals. I was actually a good goal kicker, believe it or not. <laughs> Jeez, what happened? Yeah, I, was, I, was uh, I also opened the bowling for Buller. Oh. I was a quick bowler. Um, <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I had a big growth spurt at school uh, right at the end there. And, um, yeah, things sort of went from there. It was, it was one of the biggest growth spurts humans will ever see. <laughs> I put on, I probably grew about 80 kilo. <laughs> <laughs> were you still at 12? What, what age were you here? No, no, this was at the end of school, in the high school. Yeah, so you'd moved into the front row. Yeah, I'd moved, no, I'd moved to number eight, and oh, I yeah. stayed there. Uh, I played number eight when I left school, and I went to, I uh, took a building apprenticeship down in Christchurch, and I played number eight down there um, for a club side called Ashley um, that Richard Lowe was involved with. And then I ended up playing Canterbury 19s, and, and um, Rob Penny said, geez, you're not bad at number eight, mate, um, but I can't see you going any further <laughs> with your rugby <laughs> unless you uh, play prop. Yeah. And I was like, because oh, I was pretty good at number eight, actually, because I was a big man. <laughs> I was about 115 kilo, and I... Uh, and I used to just take it off the scrum as soon as I seen the nut. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was going pretty good, but he, yeah, he said that, and I, I didn't take any notice. I was like, there's no way I'm playing props, son. I'm, I'm Razzley. <laughs> um, and a year later, I sort of, the, the writing was on the wall. Uh, I was in the Canterbury Academy, which was lucky, and then uh, Mike Cron actually took me aside and said, hey, look, I can, I can help you, son. Come, you come with me for three months. True, and just learnt the craft of a front rower. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think you're born a front rower mentally, though. Mm. Every front rower I know is not quite right up top. Um, <laughs> so if you've got that attribute, you'll you'll go a long way because you you have to go into some weird dark places to um, to want to do it. So going back to how you got massive, like what did you say? You put on like eighty kgs. How did that happen? Maybe not 80, but, I, you know, I would have been at high school, would have been 75, 80 kilo, and then by the time I was 18, I was about 110. Oh, true. But I do have big genes. I think I was a late bloomer, you know, like a late developer. Yeah. What were you doing? How were you getting so big? Were you just smashing the gym? Well, no, I had growing pains and all sorts, so I, I didn't do gym. Oh, it was just <laughs> natural. It was just hostile food, which we, you, <laughs> you, me, know we don't get much of that. No, it was, it was literally a late bloomer, puberty, and just normal growth. I had growth pains in my knees and elbows, and yeah, you know, I grew into a bit of a giant. Yeah. So when did you turn into a shredded giant? Oh, I never really carried much fat. No, no, I never have. So that's got nothing to do with your um, training as a young kid or creatine or supplements or anything like that, steroids? No, <laughs> no. Well, you and me, we get tested quite a bit, Jimmy, so. Um, no, I've never been, oh, yeah, maybe I probably did have a phase there. I think we all did it sort of end of high school where you're into the protein powder and the creatine, but the creatine never really did anything. It blew me up, like. Yeah. That really made the that really turned me into a tank. <laughs> so I had to lay off that because I couldn't run. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah no just 
Well, once I made that Canterbury Academy, I put on quite a bit of muscle because mm-hmm. we were doing weights and carry on before work and then back in there in the afternoon. And geez, it was. I actually was going to quit that. It was too much for me. <laughs> After three years, I was like, oh, I ain't going to make this. Yeah. I'm done here. But um, luckily, on the stroke of that, I made. Uh, what did I? Oh, I think Robbie yeah, Dean's Bays. called me on the building site, actually. Oh, true. So I was. Yeah, no, so I played for Nelson Bays. This was while you are in the academy, was it? Yeah, while oh, I was yeah. in the academy, and then I went home and I played a season for Canterbury B because they made Canterbury said, nah, you got to come back. Oh, yeah. And then I um, made Crusaders um, wider training out of Canterbury B. Oh, okay. Like she told, Robbie Dean's rung me, I was on the building site in Christchurch, and I thought one of the boys was playing a prank on me because Robbie's got a bit of a lisp. <laughs> like Jonte. <laughs> yeah, like Jonte. And he, and he rings me and he's like, oh, g'day, Ben, it's, it's Rob Dean's here. Um, just want to inform you that you're, um, you've made the Crusaders wider training group. And I was like, who, who the F is this? One, because, you know, I had lots of mates like yourself who played <laughs> pranks on me. And I basically called him, like, just wouldn't wouldn't have his uh, convo, and, and, and he hung up. He said, oh, Tony Thorpe will be in touch. He must have hung up and gone, what? Who have I picked here? <laughs> and sure enough, Tony Thorpe rang me up, and then I had to tell my boss, I was like, hey, um, yeah, I'm going to finish up work in two weeks. I'm going to play for the Crusaders. Yeah. True. Oh, that's hard case. Robbie Dean. <laughs> yeah, he would have been. He, I probably, he probably still thinks that, gee, that Ben made him up it. <laughs> but that's one thing you've always been known for throughout your career is your ability to just say what you think or be yourself. Like you've never really held back with your feelings or what you what's on what's on your mind. You pretty much say. So you're always like that even back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been sometimes to my detriment, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I've always been like that, mate. And, uh, you know, I know I've rolled a few coaches up, but uh, oh, we got there in the end, mate. Yeah. And what was it like going into that Crusaders environment? <clears throat> mate, it was awesome. It was, uh, like I say, every kid um, <clears throat> south of Wellington and basically north of uh, Alexandra wants to be a Crusader if you're playing rugby. Yeah. So um, I was just in awe for quite a while there. And I just put my head down and, well, I like I say, I still said what I thought and got told <laughs> off for it. Um, I think you know, guys like Leon McDonald, Rangy was playing back then. Yeah. And he'd just be like, shut up, bam, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that was good for me because, uh, you know, those boys taught me a few things. Um, yeah. But uh, it, was, it was a dream come true, like I said, and... Uh, Really grateful for that opportunity. I remember debuting for them, and my first ever scrum, I, I was in Johannesburg, and I got a tight head. I oh. just was that pumped up. I just pumped the scrum, <laughs> and I remember Flinny saying, "Shit, horse, you better settle down with high altitude here. You'll blow out." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, I was just full hiss. Yeah. Um, but now nah, it was cool. Did you blow out? No, they only gave me about seven minutes. <laughs> Enough time to pump somewhere in a scrum and run around and clean a few rucks and she was all over. That was the debut. Why'd you move the Crusaders? Because you only played a couple of games for them, didn't you? So what was the reason behind the move? Oh, mate, 
at the it was a factory back then. It probably still is. Yeah. I had four all black props in front of me and you only played three back then. There was none of this two on the bench sure. and they were fairly step well, they were really good props. Um and I being a young and patient guy, there was there was also props Wyatt Crockett and Ben Franks and Greg Somerville and um, Campbell Johnson, like they were stacked. Yeah. Dave Hewitt, yeah. yeah, they were stacked. And I thought, there is no way I'm getting in the top three of those in the next five years. And probably wouldn't have. Yeah. So I wasn't openly looking, but mm. I remember, I didn't even have an agent, mate. And then someone said, oh, you need to get an agent. And I was like, oh, right. So I went and met Warren Alcock at a, um, Oh, some hotel in Buddy Christchurch, and he he reckons when I walked in, he was like, "There's no way this guy's not playing Super Rugby next year. Like he's a giant." <laughs> and um, he basically got me. He just was like, "Mate, he must have rang every club, every franchise, and go, look, I've got this guy. You you probably haven't seen him bugger all, but his name's Ben May, and he's a hundred and thirty kilo, yeah, um, prop." So I went to the Chiefs and. In Waikato. So were you playing you were playing for Tasman at this time? Yeah, two thousand six I played for Tasman, the inaugural uh Tassie Marcos. Yeah, number three, Tasman Marco number three. Yeah. Absolutely loved it there, mate. I that was that was another big, big highlight of my life playing for Tassie because I'd played for Nelson Bays, I grew up there and you know, when I was playing for Nelson Bays, we had massive battles with Marlborough. Yeah. That was the big. There was the battle of the Bombays and the battle of the Bridge. That was that was that. And um, then next minute we're amalgamated. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I was always going home. I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm heading home to do that. That sounds cool. And they were throwing a bit of cash around back then too. So. <laughs> Lead your mind yeah. through your through your all sorts. Yeah. yeah, he said, "I'll give you forty grand," and I just about dropped the phone. I was like, "Yeah, I'm there." <laughs> and you were a pretty loose unit back then too. You had all sorts of mates like Twisty and stuff, probably in your ear. But mate, any loose stories from your time at Tasman? Mate, funny story about Twisty because Twisty played tight head prop for Marlborough when I was playing loose head prop for oh, Nelson yeah. Bass. And he was a little maggot. And anyway, we're playing this game, and he's he's just an awkward little guy to scrum against. And anyway, I was getting pissed off, and I was a bit loose when I was a young fella. And I said to um, I said to Twisty, I didn't know him. I said, "Oi, if you keep doing that, I'm going to punch you in the head." <laughs> and then Nick Scrummy did this thing, like rolled his shoulder, and we collapsed. So anyway, I said to Big Gavin Briggs, who was the he's a stalwart of Nelson Bays, like legend of Nelson Bays. He plays hooker, and I told him, I said, look, I'm going to have to sort this guy out. And he goes, yeah, yeah, no, do that. <laughs> so I, we, we had a scrum, and I managed to keep Twisty up this one time, and then I just stood up and get, just give him a massive left hook straight in the temple. And he, he just went, doff, and drops, face flat, and on the paddock. And I was like, I was shocked. I was jeez, and I ran off. I just took off. Thinking, I'm in so much trouble here. This is like an NPC on TV oh, game. Uh, anyway, Trusty gets stretched <laughs> off. <laughs> he doesn't know where he's at. And um, he hits me up after the game, and he was like, oh, that was <laughs> look at Look at the massive egg. And we ended up being best mates pretty much from that day <laughs> forward. And then he got named in the Tasman team with me. Yeah. Oh. So 
that was sort of the next time I've seen Twisty, but um, oh, Tazzy, mate, it was, she was pretty rough and ready that first year, bit like, uh, you know, when a new franchise starts up the Sunwolves yeah. and that, it's all good fun and until you start getting pumped every week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had cheerleaders and fireworks for our first game. We thought we'd crack life. <laughs> yeah, they didn't last long. <laughs> no, no, they didn't last long, and neither did the um, neither did the decent wages. <laughs> so, um, but that, that wasn't why I left. I obviously <clears throat> back then you, your franchise got first pick of their Mitre Ten Cup teams. Yeah. So, in order not to end up back at the Crusaders, which I thought wasn't my best option. Um, yeah. I signed for Waikato so I could stay sure. up there. You were one of the old dogs at um, Tasman's, but you must have been young because I remember you and Twisty roping me into the room one time and tying me up and chucking a blanket on me and doing all sorts to me. But I felt like you were 30 back then because I was, I think I was 19, but you must have been like, what, mid 20s? Yeah, yeah, no, I was, yeah, well, I wasn't even mid 20s when I was at, when I started at Tasman. Yeah. Um, didn't I put your bike up on the scoreboard or something? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was never yeah. sure it was you, but now I knew it was someone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I spent. Well, I should have probably spent more time sorting out my footy than playing pranks on everyone. But um, remember the time we put the deer carcass in 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 the front seat of the um, of the solly wagon? Yeah. Well, I think it was Jack Lambs or someone's yeah, yeah. car and yeah. belted up the deer in the front seat. Yeah. <laughs> Put it hooves on the um, steering wheel. <laughs> yeah. You know, we were, she was pretty, uh, it was great times down there, mate. But yeah, I was only sort of early 20s, yeah, and it was, um, oh, just living the days of my life. It was awesome. Yeah. So then you talked about your move up to Waikato, why that happened. And then what was it like going into the Chiefs? Obviously, a few good lads up there as well. Yeah, really enjoyed my time at the Chiefs. Uh, it was a good growing, grow up sort of stage for me because <laughs> I got thrown in the mixer. I've oh, gone yeah. from Crusaders having to play every now and then with the best players in the world to Nathan White got a back injury and I had to start at tight head and I'd never really played tight head. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't that good at it back then. <laughs> I was just a big body. Um so I had to learn really quickly up there, and uh, yeah, it was good. Fozzie was the coach back then, and um, he probably pulled his hair out about me. But I was actually quite razly uh, at the Chiefs. I had um, the infamous um, line break and the dummy chip to Digby Ioni, who fell for it, so I carried on, and a um, bit of a goosey on um, Quentin Shivkoski or whatever his name was, and... <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of the most popular questions that came in for you. Talk oh, about yeah. that. Talk about that run. That was one of the greatest runs. We all sort of have a moment in our career where yeah. things just happen for you, and that was your one. One of the great moments. I've literally there was a hole about as big as a bus in the middle of the field, and Liam Messam's just put the ball in it, and I've hit it at pace. <laughs> There's one guy standing there, and it's Digby Ioni, and I've. For some reason, I must have been doing it at trainer saying I've just dummy chipped and he's put his arms up. And I've just carried on, run straight past him, pretty much like, this is unreal. And, um, yeah, it was, yeah. What was that guy's name? Quinton Shimkoski? He was an ex-league. Yeah, I know the, the one. Yeah, that was and like... I knew he could tackle, so I didn't yeah. want to run straight at him. So I 
did a bit of a swerve and then tried to goosey him. <laughs> and he managed to get tangled up in my legs and I fell short by about, I don't know, two inches of scoring a try. Oh, you went back to your old buller days back at second five, just pulling out the absolute yeah. razzle. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, that's pretty much where the razzle ended in my career. Um, <laughs> I did a knee. Uh, I did. I did my ACL the next year. I think it was in yeah 2009, and yeah, there wasn't much razzle left in me when I came back from that. She was more. She was more focused on holding scrums up in the graft. Yeah, how hard was that injury to come back from? Oh, it's huge, mate. It took me. Oh, I missed 2010 season completely. Mm. Um, it was a pretty bad rupture. I bent my left foot right round and sat on it basically oh. uh, and then I so I was coming back okay after surgery um, well first of all they didn't think I'd done my ACL so they made me rehab for four months and then play <laughs> and I was playing going this is no good like I yeah. literally can't feel my foot so anyway I got an MRI and ended up getting surgery but yeah when I was coming up from that i prolapsed a disc trying to do squats and in my back and oh, I was just a cluster of nightmares but um it was all good came back after that and played another 12 years <laughs> <laughs> and still going strong yeah. you mentioned squats there and that's always been a big part of your training hasn't it you always love a big heavy squat <laughs> yeah squat to your die man twister used to say um <laughs> And we used to say that you get uh, 20% crossover to your upper body. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a true stat? I don't think so. But we used to tell Wayne Taylor that. <laughs> Mate, we had, uh, oh, I had squat costumes and all sorts. I just loved, I just loved a good squat. And I, it became more of a, um, it, was, it was almost like a party trick. Yeah. Massive squats, not doing the trainers program, and all the all the young guys are watching the. Oh, you, we must have to do squats. Ben May's doing like two forty, two sixty squats every Monday, and it just it was just a nightmare for trainers because obviously squats aren't, aren't the be all and end all of a gym session. Mm. And will you still squat like when you finish? Like, or is this just a rugby thing? No, I think you have to, mate, when you're a prop because. Uh, you know, we've got big upper bodies. You don't want little pencil legs once you're finished. <laughs> <laughs> You'll end up like me. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll definitely squat. I've actually bought a um, a gym, home gym set up because of COVID. And I'll probably put that down the cow shed um, when I get home. You're going you're gonna to just keep playing. I can see it. I can sense it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would be quite a strange thing because I've actually touched wood, got zero injury issues at the moment. Mm. It'd be a cool stat to play to 45. I just Imagine don't think I'll find anyone to sign me, mate. <laughs> mate, there's always a shortage of props. <laughs> props are always going down, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay fit, stay ready. Yeah. But did you have much success um, on the field at the Chiefs? Yeah, we the year we made the final... Year was that? Well, that might have been 2000. We got rolled by 70 over in Pretoria versus the Bulls, but everything up until that was phenomenal. Um, but no, obviously played New Zealand Maoris a lot. 
every year yeah. um, since about 07, I think I debuted for them. Um, it was, yeah, we didn't have, well, pretty much the year I left, the Chiefs won it back to back. So maybe that's. Um, you set the foundations. <laughs> yeah, exactly what I like to say. <laughs> Talk to me about the Maldives, though. We just had Elliot Dixon on a few weeks ago. He obviously spoke about a few loose yarns about his Maldi times, but. You were obviously before him as well, like well before him. So it must have been even looser back in your day. Oh, mate, it was. Yeah, I don't know where it came from, but I remember my first tour. What happened? Yeah, I was just because back in those days, the DDs, if you weren't playing, you'd go out the night before the game. So, I mean, we had some nights that we didn't even get home. (laughs) <laughs> in time for the game and I had I didn't know what was going on I was just doing what I was told you know um, <laughs> and it's obviously all changed now but um, yeah oh, I can't remember mate we've had some real loose now I remember all this one time Jamie Joe was coaching and he literally said to me I must have been a senior player by then and he says um, he says to me and Pig Eaton Pig bam uh, we just got off the plane in London, pig bam, sort the boys out tonight, which means take the boys out on the raz. Yeah. So we go do an all nighter as you do in the in the Maori. <laughs> and then we had, and then Jamie Joe's got this meeting at seven a.m. the next morning. So we roll in there, dusty as he doesn't turn up. So someone has to go get him. He's asleep. <laughs> he comes down. Right, boys, on the bus. So we're on the bus, like, oh, what are we up to? We've just been on an absolute bend that he told us to go on. Yeah. Boys are still cut. And then we get to the ground, mate, and it's a stodgy English, wet, you know, terrible, muddy ground. And he just starts, the tra- he gets the trainers to warm us up, and then he takes over, mate. He's just, we're doing, we're doing a, like an hour-long military Jamie Joe <laughs> session. And we, the boys... Carl O blew his calf out and he's just yelling at the physio, What's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? Physio's like, No, he's no good. He's like, No good to me. Get rid of him. He doesn't play for the rest of the tour. Ross Filippo did his back. He doesn't play for the rest of the tour. And we're still, and the guys are dropping like flies. I'm still pissed. I'm just getting through it because I've always been pretty good at fitness sessions. And I'm looking around going, this, what is this? This is battle for survival of the fittest here. Oh, and that was Jamie's Joe's like way of, you know, starting off a, off a Maldives tour. <laughs> we had, we literally, had, we literally had 21 guys that were fit to play for the first game. <laughs> yeah, it was phenomenal. But um, yeah, other than that. Good times. <laughs> yeah, good times. And did it get much more professional as the years went through? Because you were you obviously in that um, side, like you said, for probably about ten years. Yeah, definitely did, mate. It's not quite like that anymore. Still have good fun, but it, yeah, it, the Maori rugby definitely brings out. Like it even made me Rasley in my later years because <laughs> it just, oh, you know, the culture and. And the fucker papa and everything that you learn about it's it's pretty cool, mate. It's a there's a there's a long lineage of Maori rugby and 
that goes right back in. And we get so geeked up for games on it, and we just get told to pull trigger, and there's, there's just no better. You know the feeling when you get told you're allowed to pull trigger yeah. <laughs> with not many repercussions. It's pretty cool yeah. footy. Yeah. Um, I had some good games for the Maldives. Uh, I remember I scored two tries in one game uh, oh. against Ireland over in... Uh, Oh, it might have been Exeter's home ground, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Back when um, Angus McDonald was playing and guys like that, there was some... Yeah. Yeah, so um, awesome, awesome team to be a part of. Um, yeah, hoping to make... Uh, I'm pretty sure they're playing Ireland here in New Zealand this year, so I'm pretty sure I'll get be on that team. Mate, stay no. fat, stay <laughs> ready. Yeah. Hey. I've got no chance, son, but uh, it'll be good. Maybe I'll get called up, might be a scrum liaison or something. <laughs> Mate, you'll be in there after your performance in the weekend. You've still got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then uh, the move to the Hurricanes from the Chiefs. Why was this move? Uh, well, my old man got crook, and I was driving from uh, Hamilton all the way back to Murchison to – just with the ferry, it was taking. Oh, it, was, wow. it was a killer. Inter <laughs> Islander, and I, I thought, oh, bugger this! You know, I did a season of that, and I was like, oh, bugger this! So, mm. I actually rung Mark Hammett <laughs> direct, oh, yeah. and just I uh, didn't tell my agent. I just, you know, me, I just one day I was like, frigate, why am I driving all this way? And so, I rung Mark Hammett and said, oh, here you going, Hammer? It's been May here. Um, I see you coaching the Hurricanes next year, and, and I didn't know of all the controversial. Well, he was coaching them at the time, 2011. This was. Oh yeah. And I didn't really know all the controversy that was going on there at the time, and yeah. Um, I said, oh, you know, I told him my situation. I said, oh, we wouldn't mind coming playing for you. And he was like, what? With the Hurricanes? What, what do you mean? I was like, oh no, I'm just yeah, yeah, I want to come play for you. So anyway, signed me up, and um, yeah, the rest's sort of history. Did you know I'm from the Crusaders? Oh, not really, no. Just, yeah. Yeah, I just got his number and rung him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a smart decision. Yeah, no, it was, mate. It was. It was um, It was awesome, too, 2012. It was a big, um, I won't say, well, it was a sort of a rebuild year. Like, we lost yeah. a lot of experience in 2011, and... We had a really young side in 2012 and, you know, young Colsey and a young Jeremy Thrush and a young Brad Shields and, you know, young myself, really. I didn't have a clue. I wasn't that good at anything yet. Um, But we just hooked in and it was cool. And you moved in with um, big Jason Eaton, a a favourite of the Waterland listeners. (laughs) What was it like living with him? (laughs) Mate, it was a massive experience it was um <laughs> so yeah jason eden as you would have heard him on uh, your podcast actually he's a he's old school he um got sort of taken under his wing by andrew hoare at an early age <laughs> who's a bloody top man and uh he's old school <laughs> <laughs> he's um yeah andrew hoare's a top man so um, Pig sort of did that. Um, he sort of taught us that sort of, um, I guess, lifestyle. And uh, <laughs> then there was a young Bowden Barrett, a young Richard Buckman, and a medium middle-aged Ben May. Um, and we all lived in this 
in Jason Eden's house out in uh, Kendala. Jeez, we learnt some things. <laughs> go on. <laughs> Would you like me to allude on it? Yeah, go on. Let's hear it. So we so we we pig wouldn't let us go home after games. We had to go to the um, East establishment bar because oh, yeah. he knew the owners and. Not that we were, you know, we didn't fight him on it. We were like, yeah, cool. <laughs> and we, he literally wouldn't let us go home till 6 a.m. till the sun come up. Oh, and he, wow. you know, so anyway, then we'd roll home. He'd order, we'd go through the drive through at McDonald's. He'd order like 35 cheeseburgers. <laughs> and every Sunday you'd wake up and there'd be 32 cheeseburgers sitting on the lounge floor. <laughs> And we never ate the friggin' thing. Sometimes I'd whip one in the microwave if I was real hungover and eat it the next day. And then, so that was that. And then he'd order for like a mid-afternoon snack slash dinner would be like 12 Hell's Pizzas. And that was our dinner slash all-day grazing. And then, he'd, and then he'd tell us on Monday... Uh, don't let anyone know that you've been drinking and you better front. <laughs> and we're like, yep. <laughs> Righto, pig, and we'd be like, we'd be ruined. We'd just play, we've all played 80s back then because you don't, like, it wasn't, you didn't like have subs. And mate, we'd be playing 80s week in, week out, then drinking till 6 a.m. every weekend. It was just, I don't know, like you look at rugby now and think about, you wouldn't, you could not, you wouldn't do that now. Nah, recovery. <laughs> Mate, and that was our flat for the whole year. I mean, I mean, it was phenomenal. And then when we came back from overseas trips, we'd have to get our our quota of spirits. And then we'd have, um, <laughs> that'd be like pre-drinks to before we'd go do things. So we'd, we'd shoot back to the flat and we'd have to drink, we'd have teams, like yeah. mini golf teams in the house. So it was normally me and Bodie versus Pig and Buckman. And we'd have to drink this bottle of spirits between in our team when whenever we lost. And, oh, mate, we'd turn up to social things just plastered. It was, it was some flat, mate. It was phenomenal. Mate, hell of an introduction for Bodie, first year playing. <laughs> so he, he's not an all-black at this stage. He's first year just... <laughs> green and this is how he's getting shown the ropes and um it was <laughs> mate the guy and, and Buckman also like Buckman yeah. didn't need any encouragement but oh my god <laughs> both absolute great players and l- literally while they're living in that situation we're never going to find their full potential <laughs> oh, it was um oh, that's loose <laughs> And any other moments in your Hurricanes career that stand out for you? <laughs> yeah, obviously the final. Um, well, 215 when we didn't win the final was uh, I'd just come back into the side in 215 because I went to Japan for a couple of years and um, that was tough. And then when we won it, we, we, we were always going to win it in 2016 because we had, we had Gary Gilton, the big chip on our shoulders <laughs> from 2015, and no one was going to get near us. I mean, the last three games of that season in 2016, no one scored a dot against us. Yeah. Well, there, you, there's no one beating us. So um, that was kind of cool. It was a cool feeling too because I remember playing the final and I was starting, me, uh, Colsey and Lonnie the Bear, the Tongan Bear, and um, I actually – Wellington really turned it on for us that night 
and um, well, you were playing, eh? Yeah. Yeah, and it was the coldest, shittiest, sideways, windiest, crappest night, and these boys had flown from Africa. The lines had flown to, to play in this, and I, I pretty much knew driving to the game we're going to win this final. Like, yeah. I'd won it. Because we were so well drilled, too. And no one had scored a dot against us, and we weren't changing anything. So, yeah. as a player, you're like, well, all I've got to do is what I did last week, and a little bit better, maybe, and no <laughs> one's going to touch us. Like, they're not going to score a try. And sure enough, they didn't. Yeah. And they tried uh, early on, and we just, they, they actually tried, they kicked the ball dead off the first kickoff so they could do a scrum to try and pump us. That was their weapon. Deliberate. Deliberate. Yeah, and um, obviously that didn't work for them. And then about three scrums later, we pumped them. Oh. And their locks started blowing up at their props because obviously that was their plan for the week. Yeah. <laughs> and their locks are blowing up in Afrikaans at their front row that Colsey's just given a spray because we've ended up on top of them. And um, that was pretty much them done. And I remember Vaya Fafita getting a hold of Yenchies a couple of times and that was the end yeah. of them. They were... They just wanted to. I'm pretty sure if you said, if the rest said, oh, lads, do you want to finish this up at 60? They would have said, yeah, we're doing <laughs> Get us in the showers. Yeah. I remember their nine doing box kicks in the warm up and one yeah. went like backwards from and he just looked at me like, oh, no, this is not yeah. good for me. Yeah, yeah that was their plan scrum penalties, um, box kicks, and, and mall, line out malls, eh? And we blitzed every one of them and then the weather yeah. did the rest. So. Uh, that was a big, that was a massive part of, um, it was just a big achievement because we'd built that team since 2012 and we were basically rookie no ones um, at the time. But then we had obviously Julian Savier and Artie Savier and TJ Pettinar and Bowden Barrett. By the time we got to 215, 216, we were a good side, yeah. Yeah. And did you play in the Lions game? Yeah, I did, yeah. We, uh, I think we drew that. Yeah, what was that like? Especially for a front rower. Yeah, cool. I'd already had a crack at them with the with the Maoris in oh, yeah. uh, Road of Vegas. Um, and we actually lost that game. I think we spent more time on the haka and the uh, <laughs> and all the other stuff <laughs> than we did uh, sorting out the game plan. And they, they beat us. Um, but, mate, yeah, to play against the British and Irish Lions is, is another thing that you don't dream of doing when you live in Murchison as a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just rock star stuff. I mean, I remember watching Dan Carter in 2005 as a fan. Yeah. The year before I'd played any decent footy, really. And um, what a... The Lions 2005 when DC just lit them up mm. was um, was something special. And then to be able to play them twice in my career was phenomenal. Mm. And, that, you know, they what do they come once every 12 years? Mm. There's guys that won't even get a get a look at them. So it was yeah. cool. And were you ever close to being an All Black? You're speaking about scrummaging against the Lions and stuff. Did you ever get feedback about or how close you were to becoming an All Black? Yeah, I had a couple of um, good meetings with uh, All Black coaches, but the, obviously 2009 before I did my knee, I was must have been in the running. I had meetings and yeah. uh, I had work-ons and things. And then again, it might have been t- 2012. But... Yeah, it's hard to know. I don't. Looking back now, I don't know if I would have been good enough. Um, I've never been 
real top of my game. <laughs> but I, you know, I have really good games <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. The All Blacks are All Blacks for a reason, mate. They got X Factor in that, which I don't really believe I have X Factor. But um, <laughs> nah, yeah. So I don't know. Would have enjoyed getting the opportunity and the challenge, but um, never came. So don't regret it. Was that the reason why you moved to Japan, or was that part of the reason you weren't quite getting a look in from the All Blacks, and you thought this was your time? I actually had preconceived ideas that you were supposed to go overseas when you were about thirty. Yeah. So I sort of just <laughs> rang Waza. In ports and said, oh, 30. So um, <laughs> do you want to have a look overseas for me? And they came back with, you know, because 30 as a prop going overseas is pretty, uh, you know, you're quite marketable. Yeah. Um, and I was going to go to France, actually. And then, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and then thank God I didn't. <laughs> I would have definitely would have been would not have been playing on the weekend. They would have killed me over there. Um and then just on the, you know, we're sort of sorting out contracts and that, and then um, Ports just rings me and goes, hey, mate, I don't know if you'll be interested in this, and uh, no prop's ever gone to Japan to play rugby, but there's an offer, there's a club that wants you to go there. Yeah. And it was Jamie Joseph's club, actually, and the Sunnix Blues, and I was like, oh, no, no, yeah. Not yeah. keen on that. And then anyway, he says, oh, well, have a think about it. And I had a thought about it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go to France and just week in, week out, get honed out by angry French, <laughs> you know, and big Georgians. And, like, you, you earn your money in France as a tight yeah. head prop. Like, you got to be good. Um, yeah. Or go to Japan and who knows, you know, <laughs> see how you get on. <laughs> You'll either be a raging success or a failure. Um, so I went to Japan, yeah, and that was, I actually um, played out the season at the Canes and then I was off pretty much straight away, as you do. Mm. And I remember sitting on the plane flying to Tokyo and I hadn't even given the language barrier as a, a thought. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm, I thought, geez, I'm pretty sure these blokes over here don't speak English in that. <laughs> and then sure enough, I went to a non-English speaking club and I'd had no, I didn't even know how to say konnichiwa. Like, I didn't even know, oh, mate, tough gig. Did you have a translator? Nah. <laughs> oh, true. No, I just had guys in the it. team that could speak both, Bryce Robbins and Huddy Muckety. So they said, it was, it was just, the first couple months was real. Yeah. I, like, I couldn't even, I remember going to the supermarket once. And all she, I put all the stuff on the counter, and she much she I found out later. She all she asked was, "Do I want a plastic bag in, in <laughs> Japanese?" And I couldn't, I couldn't answer. So she she didn't she didn't give me my stuff, and I didn't pay. And then I just walked off. And I so I'm, I'm like, oh, well, off to Macca's. <laughs> I couldn't even get food. It was such a sideshow. Oh, mate. So I had to, uh, luckily, after that incident, I got um, one of the young guys, um, Aki, that uh, he could, he'd been in, he'd, he'd been in New Zealand and he could speak both. And, you know, so he took me to the supermarket. And, uh, it was a battle, mate. She was hard times. 
And what was the footy like? Because obviously it's it's grown a little bit from when it was back then to what it is now. It's a little bit more of a different beast. But what was it like for you as a prop going over there then? Oh, mate, I went real good in the first game because I'd only played Super about a week ago. <laughs> and I was, hissing, I was hissing against Panasonic. And then, um, yeah, it sort, of, sort of slowly slipped, <laughs> slipped down the... Uh, my skill level must have slipped a wee bit, but um, no, nah, it was cool. It was good. Plenty of plenty of running and got a bit of ball carrying and things that I wasn't used to back at Super. And um, mm. nah, it was really cool. Cool culture, as you know. You were at Coke and um, great. We were just down the road from each other, so it was it was an awesome part of Fukuoka. Is an awesome spot if you ever get to go there and. Yeah. Um, yeah, just really enjoyed the lifestyle, uh, the food, the people, and uh, it was a good, really, or well, I think it was really good for me uh, as a yeah. human, just experiencing something like that. Yeah, were you just living by yourself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a four-bedroom uh, penthouse apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was uh, it's a weird time, weird time. I remember buying a 150cc Vespa scooter that I didn't know you weren't allowed. You had to have a license, <laughs> and I used to just drive around on that. I got pulled over by the police. I couldn't speak Japanese, and they rung my club, and the club's like, Ben no scooter, no scooter. And then I'd turn up the next day on my scooter. like I had a bloody surfboard rack on the scooter, and... Oh, mate, she was a sideshow. They would have been like, geez, this guy's an absolute nightmare. Mate, that language barrier is tough, especially when you get rattled like things like that with the police in the supermarket. Yeah. Yeah, like, all I had to say is, uh, hate or no. (laughs) It's because they speak so fast. I know, but they'd wave the bloody uh, plastic bag in front of you. Like, yeah. But she just stood there and said, did nothing, like blank face. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> we're done. This transaction's over. <laughs> and then how hard was it with your rugby coming back to super rugby after playing a couple of years in Japan? Was that hard, especially for a prop? Oh, hugely. It took me 12 months, mate. I Damn, came yeah. back. I actually came back. I was, I was coming home to retire, actually. I'd had enough over there. Yeah. And, I, and, and I didn't have a wife or anything. So I was coming home to find a wife uh, at 32. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, I'll go back to the farm and, sort of, you know, I'm done. Yeah. And, I, and just before I came home, I think Chrono rang me and was like, mate, what, what are you up to? I said, oh, I'm on my way home. I'm done. He says, oh, mate, we're, we need a prop. Can you fly in straight to Auckland and we'll pick you up and then you play this preseason and then we're off to Joburg. We're off to Africa for three weeks and if you go all right in the game, you can you'll be coming. Oh yeah. Oh, I've got no one answer to it. Didn't have a misses. <laughs> I don't even know if I'd told my old man I was going home. And um, so they picked me up from Auckland Airport. I'm playing against Tony Woodcock, one of the OG greats of our game, Lucid, and I'm like, oh no! So I've literally no trainings with the Hurricanes. We go out to some park in Auckland and play, and I managed to hold Woody out for 
25 minutes. Chrono's <laughs> like, job done. You're on the plane. <laughs> and then I'm off to Africa. <laughs> Three weeks with the boys. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, answer to that, I ended up, yeah, I think I got a blood clot or something, but I played against the Lions, and That's right. I think I might yeah. even have dished up the Lions first scrum while I was on there, got a tight head, and Chrono just thought, this is awesome. And then I had a, um, I had a, uh, I got a blood clot from the flights, because I'd flown pretty much, I pissed up in, in uh, Japan, because I was never coming back, so I pissed up hard for two days, jumped on a flight, straight off the flight, played a game, and then I'm back on a flight. <laughs> I ended up getting a blood clot in my calf. <laughs> um, but yeah, it took me oh, a good 12 months to get back to where I needed to be as a prop playing Super Rugby in New Zealand after being mm. in Japan. And I think you see the same with like Guzzler, Big Brody, Ritalik, and it's a big uh, physical change and just, yeah, she's tough, tough gig. Yeah, that's crazy, your story there about coming back to the Canes because I remember you being, what, you must, you're 32, you're one of the old dogs and it felt like you were thinking about retirement, didn't know it was that close, but look at you, seven years later, still going, unbelievable, mate, absolutely crazy. Yeah, it just sort of... Yeah, I don't know what happened, but I ended up signing contract after contract, <laughs> one-year gigs for the next seven years. <laughs> and you changed provincial regions a lot during that time as well. You had Wellington, Hawke's Bay. Well, oh, yes. So the first year, uh, I just ended up staying in Wellington. Oh, because I met Quab. I met Kirsty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, through, through Bodie. So I ended up staying in Wellington because she was in Wellington. So I thought, oh, well, I don't really care. I play, <laughs> you know, I'll just stay yeah. here. And um, so I stayed in Wellington. And then I don't know how I ended up up at Hawke's Bay for five <laughs> years. But <laughs> some reason I went up there, which was awesome, actually. I loved Hawke's Bay. And I met some really good guys and... Yeah, I still keep in contact with all those boys up there. It was a it was a real good fit for me, Hawks Bay. Yeah, um, just a good country sort of vibe, and they just go hard, and they love malls and big scrums, and it was just a great fit for me at the age of that I was, and yeah, no, it was cool up there. So I actually, oh, and then I played for Taranaki about a year ago. Yeah, <laughs> I moved up to Taranaki to uh, to sign off. And that was that was me thinking, oh, you know, I'll give back. I'll give a bit of, so I'll do a bit of coaching and playing. And yeah, um, ended up winning a bloody. Ended up playing the All Blacks for the Ranfurly Shield. <laughs> Canterbury, for some, I don't know how Canterbury managed it, but they had every All Black that they had possible could play played against us in a Shield game. That's right. Um, Actually, got quite a good yarn about that if you want to hear it. Yeah. Oh, mate, of course. So it's Shield Week, Taranaki versus Canterbury. And we they have their whole black team <laughs> Moody, Cody Taylor, you name it, they've got it. Sam Whitelock, Richie Moanga. Yeah. They just, Bridgie was on the wing. They were just unbelievably strong. And I, they must have, all blacks must have been on a, on a break. And then, so we got Bodie and uh, Geordie, not Scott, just Bodie and Geordie. Yeah. And um, so we're like, right, 
Okay, well, we're heading across Christchurch for the Shield, so we, we, you know, Shield weeks are a little bit different than the Ten Cup, you know, it's a bit of a, it's a thing, isn't it, you make it, which is cool too for the young guys, because it is a complete different beast, like you throw the kitchen sink at that game to win yeah. it, you know. Anyway, so Bodie and Geordie come back, we go to golf on, um, on the Wednesday, as you do, and we turn up to golf and there's, um, there's a 24 box and of of um, I think it was Waikato draft in each cart, and so we felt obliged to drink them because someone had put them there for us. <laughs> so we drank, so we drank basically twelve bottles each on the round of golf on eighteen holes, and we thought it'd be a good idea. We went back to because I was living down the coast of Taranaki and in, in Kirsty's hometown. Oh, we'll call in there and have a beer. We ended up there pretty much half, most of the night. So we had to start my house. <laughs> Pulled out the air bed, pumped that up. Bodie's on the couch. <laughs> and, um, no, no, Bodie's in the single bed in the baby's room. <laughs> and um, we've ended up having quite a large night, which is not good, but we did. It's done now, and um, so we we woke up, all three of us, and thought, geez, we're going to have to front today. <laughs> so I cooked us a big feed of sausages and eggs, and we we headed into training, <laughs> and someone says to me, we're in the huddle, and someone says, jeez, <laughs> who, who was drinking? <laughs> it smells like a brewery. And I was just like, trying not to breathe, you <laughs> You know, done eight. Had a big old hissing Thursday training. You know what they're like. Just yeah. full contact. We're lighting each other up, and it's just, and then it's just straight home for recovery before <laughs> before captain's run. Anyway, we head down to um, we head down after captain's run to Christchurch, and we park up there. And I'm back as soon as we get off the plane, back to bed, just trying to get the carcass right, and then we. We turn up there on uh, game day, and it's a it's a big old match. Like we got we got all black versus all black all across the park, and yeah. we are just into it and lighting each other up. And it was yeah, it's a great game. We ended up winning. So then we're back on the pass for the shield, and no, we hadn't told anyone what we'd been up to. <laughs> but. Oh. Um, yeah, we sort of let the cat out of the bag about 4am the next morning what we'd done and that that was the secret to winning the Shield. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, that's crazy. No, it was cool. And you, you had a few good um, Shield wins too. I remember one in particular when you were at Waikato. Yep. And um, I was at Taranaki and mm. we'd go on the whole season holding that Shield and then yep. you guys come, spoil the party right for the summer. Unbelievable game from, I think yourself and Tim Mickelson from memory, absolutely run amok. Mate, we had it. We had, we hadn't hardly won a game all season. That's so we right. we, I remember having a cup of tea the night before the game with uh, Wecker, yeah, Craig Clark, and basically he sort of felt sorry for us, and I sort of agreed with him that we were no show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we knew each other since we were young, yeah. and it was sort of like a gentleman's agreement that, you know, yeah, we've had a rough year, Wicker, and he was like, yeah, no, nah, it's been tough to watch, hasn't it? And <laughs> we'd basically, 
over in Cufferville, Gray agreed that we've, we've come down here and nothing's going to change. And um, 20 minutes into the game, Timmy Mickelson's already scored four dots. <laughs> And we, and we, I'm just looking across, we're about to do a scrum and I'm thinking, we're on here, lads. And we are on top, like we're, everything's coming off for us. And then we started pumping your scrum and pig eating, throwing punches and James Broadhurst is just blah. And I was just loving it. I was in, just in a, I was in a bloody, um, I thought I was in a dream. It was that good. Yeah. And we ended up, we ended up taking the shield. I think we scored about 40 points and. Uh, took the shield back to Waikato. We played one game against Hawks Bay, and uh, that was the end. We had the shield for the summer, and geez, did we make the most of it! <laughs> well, what, what's it like holding the shield for the summer? Oh, phenomenal, mate! You know what it's like. You uh, you take it to barbecues. You, you you do all sorts of shenanigans with it. Um, it ends up it's, for some reason it always ends up in a fire somewhere. <laughs> like it ended up in a fire at Spates Alehouse, and we're all just. Uh, you know, you just, what are we doing? Like, this thing's legendary. Yeah. Um, but we do silly things with it. And, um, oh, man, I, 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 seriously, to this day, my shield um, experiences are probably, you know, they're right up there with the best experiences of my rugby career. Yeah. I absolutely, hands down, love that thing and what it does for New Zealand rugby. And still to this day, I mean, it's... It's what we always talk about, eh? They're the games, you know. You don't talk about so much about winning the finals or, you know, playing against the Lions. They're the ones that when you get around your provincial, you know, you talk about the Shield. Yeah. And um, and all the great times you have with it. and It's just cool. They made that Shield in your house and stuff because I think it holds... There's so many great men have had that Shield and played for that Shield. and. Yeah. And you're a part of it, and it's, yeah, it's real cool, and it's an achievable um, thing for every Mitre 10 Cup team, so mm. it's wicked. If the Naki get an early shield challenge, is he, is he putting the boots back on? <laughs> <laughs> Man, um, no, no, no. I actually talked to Neil Barnes today. He wanted to know what I was up to. I oh, said, yeah. mate, <laughs> I literally have to knuckle down and get this farming sorted. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, Kirsty's Dad's going to tell me to bugger off, I'd say. So is that the plan? Is that the plan for you now, um, after this season, get back to the farm? Yeah, mate, yeah. I'm looking forward to um, uh, hooking into the farm again and just watching footy. And, um, yeah, just moving on. We need to have some more kids and um, I need to rest my 40-year-old body. (laughs) before it uh, completely flies apart. And, uh, yeah, I think it's time for me, mate. There's there's some good young guys coming through, uh, especially at the Hurricanes and, and um, Taranaki, and it's my time to... Um, I think I've given yeah, plenty back with my experience in the last um, couple of years, um, as much as I can, um, uh, whether that good or bad for the team, but... Uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, it's definitely time for me to move on, mate, and I'd oh, just be happy that I'm still fit with no injuries, touch wood, and given, given New Zealand footy everything I can and had a good run. 
Mate, you're a legend. And and speaking of injuries, what's your head like? Because I know like Carl Heyman's obviously come out, front rowers obviously a little bit more prone to the dementia side of things. Have you had any um, issues with your brain or have you noticed anything different from when you started? No, it depends who you ask, Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you ask my wife... She thinks I've got dementia and um, bipolar, she reckons. Um, <laughs> but I I don't think she realises that I've had that since I was about 12. So, um, no, nah, mate, serious note. I, I've been bloody lucky, I think. Um, I've had yeah, a couple of head knocks and, and that. But, mate, nothing like some of my mates, like my good mate Reggie and, and Brody. And, yeah. you know, I really feel for those guys that had to, pull pin on their career when they were just getting started in the big stuff, you know, all, all black for Brody and Reggie was definitely going to be an all black. So mm. real tough to go through that with them and still be playing at 40 yeah. because I know they must be going, what, how <laughs> on earth has he managed that? And we all got cut short at 25, you know, yeah. so, um, but no touch wood. I'm not too bad, mate. I, um, I think I'm pretty normal. Uh, in the head department, as normal as I was ever going to be. So, yeah, pretty happy. So what's work involved on the farm for you? Is it hard labour or? <laughs> it's milking cows every yeah. day. Oh, yeah. And uh, obviously learning a shit ton because I haven't milked cows. I, we were dry stock farmers when I was a kid. Yeah. So which has been a really good challenge. But I've got good farm skills from growing up on the farm, fencing and Things like that, but the, mate, farming for me is is I couldn't do an inside desk job or an inside any job really. Yeah. Uh, I'm not that kind of guy, so I just really enjoy what farming does for your family life and your lifestyle, and it's just me right up my alley, you know, mm. outside and and living the dream really. That's you forever, you think, till you retire? Yeah, I don't think I'll do the coaching, mate. I haven't really got. Um, I can't really. <laughs> I struggle to get what I'm uh, wanting across in a in with good literacy. Yeah, <laughs> but you got so much knowledge in there. I know a lot of people use you as a mentor or a coach. So um, it'd be a shame to not see you in the coaching scene in some way. But hopefully, as maybe a mentor or something for some of these young props. Yeah, mate, I'm happy in that space. Ask me a question if I know the answer. I'll I'll run you through it. But yeah, it's sort of. Coaching, um, it's a big gig, eh? People don't realise. Coaches do so much work behind the scenes. I mean, they're putting in 14, 15-hour days and they're away from family the same as a player, but they get none of the they get none of the treats. Yeah. Um, and I don't think people realise that. No. It's, um, <laughs> no. And, I mean, you, you spend your half your week on a computer – and then guys go out there and don't listen to anything you said. I mean, it must be so frustrating. <laughs> you know? And then you've got to, like, not blow your stack the next week when you do the review about what you told them to do and they didn't do it. And articulate some lovely words to make them maybe do it next week. So it's it's a tougher gig than people yeah, think. Summed it up in a nutshell right there, coaching 101. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, no, I'll, I'll stick to my farming, mate, and hunting. We've got the hunting business as well. Um, Heli is um, 
we're we're fifty fifty in that. But Hilly does a lot of the work uh, yeah. while I'm obviously playing rugby and milking cows. So uh, thanks for that, Hilly. Um, but that's a cool business as well. Also gets us out of uh, Taranaki and down to Queenstown for a bit of the bit of the year doing that. And yeah. Mate, how good. Wait, what a career. But as always, we've gone to our Instagram for some questions, and holy heck, we've got plenty, plenty for you. Uh, first question, best Waddy story, Richard Watt, one of the greats. Oh, what's a good Waddy story? He's got so many, mate. I should have, yeah. Um, the main Waddy story for me, mate, is like he coached me for 10 years, and um, he he's old school, and I – used to just break me like we don't like doing full contact during the week as a player and what he would get up there on a like a month you're still sore from the weekend and he'd be like right boys we're gonna do line outs we're playing the germans this weekend which is the crusaders and we're gonna, and we're gonna maul them so we're gonna go out there and we're gonna bang bang we're gonna bang bang round the corner round the corner and he would just, and then we'd go outside and just literally tee off on each other for 25, 30 minutes while you backs are trying not to look and laugh as you're just doing like touch, playing touch or something. And mate, he is, he did that to me for 10 years. We'd do, and I was just like, I can't take another day of this. But it was, it got us to where we got to and it was just hard case, but um yeah, there's plenty of crack, crack up Waddy yarns, mate. He's, I don't know if he's naive or oblivious to the world sometimes, but should he get himself in some situations? <laughs> mate, one thing I have noticed is you're very good at coaches' impressions. Yeah, it's, that's about four of them now that you've absolutely nailed. <laughs> oh, mate, I, you know, yeah. God, he is he is a next-level coach. Oh, Waddy, he's a good man. <laughs> okay, good stuff. Next question, hunting one. Best hunting yarn. Oh, uh, well, me and Adam Hill have done a lot of hunting together and a lot of drinking together. I remember one time, actually, we, because uh, I didn't know, but I'd asked Hallie's wife out on a date when we were young fellas, before <laughs> they were together. She was a lifeguard at the Dunedin um, Aquatic Centre, <laughs> and uh, she was hot, she's hot. And she was up on the lifeguard thing, and I, back then I was a bit of a lad, and I thought, oh, shit, I'm going to ask her for her number. And the boy's like, Kahui in there, no, you won't. And I was like, I'm doing it. And I walked up to her and <laughs> hit her up for her number. She gives me a number, and anyway, messages her, and then she's in Dunedin. I get back to Hamilton, I'm like, couple of messages, like, this ain't, this is not going to go anywhere. What am I thinking? <laughs> Didn't message her back. And um, unbeknown to me, she had a boyfriend at the time who she didn't like. He was he was a bit of a dickie or something. So she was, she, you know, maybe I was the replacement. So she messaged me back. And anyway, me getting her number gave her the courage to bin him and then ended up with Acid Man, Hilly. <laughs> but I didn't know any of this. So I go to Japan and I come back and Adam Hill was playing at the Hurricanes. Didn't know the guy from a bar of soap. And he doesn't really, he's, he's dog on me, you know, like, he didn't really give me the time of day, and I was like, who's this buddy Adam Hill lad? And anyway, 
he found out that I was into hunting and he was keen on hunting, so we went hunting together. He was like, oh, bugger it. He's the only guy on the canes that hunts, so we went hunting. <laughs> and then um, I didn't know for about, so we got on real like house on fire, hunting all every day off, and we went, buddy, shot all sorts of things. And uh, one day we were in a hut mm. and we'd, we'd stashed um, tomahawk steaks in a heap of piss, like three boxes of beers and a bottle of whiskey in this hut, and then gone, flowing up to this other hut, and it took us all week to get back to this hut. So by the time we get back there, mate, we're like, we know we've got tomahawk steaks, beers, whiskey. We're, we're just like, we're on here, you know, like weeks worth of walking around in the Southern Alps. <laughs> get back to the hut, it's snowing, and we just get the fire cranking, and we're into this piss. Cooking our steaks, and we're playing cards, and, and then he says to me, he's drunk, and he's like, yeah, you know why I didn't like you when you first moved to the Hurricanes? When you came back to the Hurricanes, I was like, nah, I sort of got the feeling though. He's like, yeah, well, because you tried to hit on my missus. And I was like, jeez, Helly, what shit, mate, I'm sorry. When was this? And he tells me the yarn. I'm like, she wasn't even your missus. And I didn't, you know, nothing happened. I messaged her twice, and then we both were like, well, this ain't working. And, um, yeah, we ended up having a bit of a wrestle on the floor and woke up the next morning. And we're supposed to be leaving the next morning. Woke up. We'd both slept on the floor in our undies, just woke up, still snowing. Oh, yeah, no, we won't be going. We won't be, the choppers don't fly in the snow. We'll be sweet. So we hung over, went outside to get our trophies. We'd shot all these trophy bull and they'd been taken away. Like, they they were gone. Yeah. We later found out that ferrets and that do that when you're at those huts. So we lost our trophies. Um Long story short, we put on the stew because we thought we were in there. It's all snow. There's about a foot of snow on the ground. We're sitting there, like, licking our wounds, and then this chopper turns up, lands right outside the hut, and we're sitting around. We haven't packed anything. There's stew on the stove. Oh, mate, we chucked the stew out the window, quickly got all our shit chucked in this chopper, and we're out of there. But it was, um, it was a hard case. He'd held on to that for, like, Two years that I dated his <laughs> missus, and then he hits me up in a hut in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> oh, one of the greats, one of the yeah. great yards. Yeah. Okay. Next question: Yellow card to game ratio playing for Coastal. <laughs> Who's asked that? Oh, mate, it'd be oh, shit, it'd be high. I'm pretty sure I got four, four <laughs> yellow cards in a season, and I only played about six games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good ratio! I had a tough run up there. I, don't, I think um, I don't know. There's some sort of t- Taranaki club rules must be different than Super. I can't seem to adjust. <laughs> I tell you a quick yarn about a yellow card. Though I'm standing behind the poles, uh, behind the horns, Sinbind. And um, this little guy walks over to me, and he's, he's got a hoodie on, and he's walking into the try line, you know, when you're standing behind the horns, and then the plays, yeah. you carry on. And um, I'm standing, and I'm, I'm pretty fuming, you know. I've got plenty of, like, the club boys gave me plenty of lip as I was walking off, and, yeah. oh, big hurricane, and, you know, this and that. And um, you know, I have fun in the bin sort of thing, and this little weedy guy walks over, he's got his hood on, I can't see his face, and he goes, oh, up to your old tricks, eh? And I was like, 
still pretty pumped up. I was like, who the F's this? And I was like, I just thought it was some random. Yeah. And it was, and he comes over, pulls his hood off, and this snakey. Oh, true. <laughs> and he's into me, and I'm just ready to give him an earful. Hey, I was cracking up. It was hard case. It was one of my binning days. <laughs> so many. Okay, next round. This looks like a good one. How do you know Nicky Watson? Ah, <laughs> oh, no, we're just mates from, uh, I just met her actually uh, when I was playing at the Chiefs through through another girl that, um, that I knew. Okay. Which was cool, actually, because I used to have a um, pull-out of Sports Illustrated on my wall at, when I was at boarding school, so it was great meeting her. <laughs> okay. Has Ben ever done a nudie run? Oh, plenty. <laughs> There's actually a few. Yeah. That, uh, the the um, the Hawks Bay initiation is a is a full field four corner nudie run, which is uh, phenomenal. Um, I actually um, I never used to go to the Hawks Bay end of season piss up. Being old and that, I thought, oh, you know. Anyway, so with this one year, I got on the I got on the Terps after the last game, pretty bad. At uh, I was living with Jeff Cruz. I got on the Terps anyway, and then I got home about five a.m. and Crabby uh, won't let me sleep in her room, so I'm in the spare room nude, and um, I wake up to this noise, and I'm like, what the f's that? And it's the boys. They'd got they'd got the party bus. Drove to my house, parked outside, and there's 30 of them in my house chanting, on the bus, (laughs) on the bus, and I'm full starkers, and I jump up out of bed, run out, and there's 30 dudes standing there just, on the bus, on the bus, and they, mate, they drag me out of no clothes, they had to borrow clothes, I'm full nude just getting (laughs) on this bus, mate, off, off into the abyss of Hawke's Bay public. (laughs) <laughs> it was um yeah it was they got me good it was pretty cool <laughs> thankfully oh, i ended up getting stuff. some close but uh yeah okay this is more serious um toughest scrummaging opponent over the years oh i had a few um these are all pretty tough now because i'm pretty shit at it um <laughs> <laughs> big white crocky me and big white me and big crocky have had a few Battles. He's had my number most of the times. Uh, he never quite managed to work out the big god Croczilla, but um, Joe Moody's pretty tough. Uh, yep, those those two are pretty good. Crocky's Crocky's the number one. Okay, two more questions. This one. It's probably around how you, how you look so young. Still, does he have any greys? No, for some reason I don't. I'm I'm got a full crop, full head, uh, lid of hair. And no greys, even in the beard, which, unlike Colsey, is, um, he's pretty much a full silver fox now. No, I don't know what's going on there. No dye, nothing. No, mate, I don't put a lot of time into myself other than a great moisturising regime that uh, I learnt um, you know, way back. From DC, was it? Yeah, might have been back in the DC. Cameron McIntyre, I think, showed me how to <laughs> um, groom yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's paid dividends. I should have probably jumped on that. Well, she taught me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, last question. Best piece of advice Ben May has for Woodlad listener? Oh, 
mate, just be yourself. Um, it'll it'll pay dividends in the long run because, uh, yeah, I, I know we they try and shape us into all sorts of things in this game, and uh, in the long run, you, you just got to be yourself, and and they'll come around because. They came round to me, but it took a good 10 years. But uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm finally fitting in. I, I have to laugh a story about that. Uh, when I came back to the Canes this year, there's a new, uh, like a social media girl, Bex. I don't think she'll listen to this. That's so a hard case. But um, she she says to me, um, I says, oh, g'day, I'm Ben. Uh, she goes, oh, I'm Bex. I said, oh, what's your name? She says, Bex. I'm um, the marketing girl. She goes, where do you fit in around here? And I was like, yeah, no, I've never fitted in around here, love. <laughs> so I just left it at that. <laughs> she had no, I'm pretty sure she was like, what is this guy, the janitor? Because like, I was wearing like my full farm kit and she would have been thinking, who's this old guy started kicking around the base here? Um and now she's probably sitting there going, oh, he's a 100 gamer, the old mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, that's classic. Yeah. Hey, just one thing I've got for you after yes. my words of wisdom. What about the night we're standing out there uh, on the on the field? Um, it must have been the last game of 2019. Me <laughs> 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 and you're having a chat. And I'm, was I on the bench that night? I think I was, eh? Yeah, I can't quite remember. Yeah, you were warming up. I'm pretty sure I was warming up and we're just having a chat. And uh, the the this thing comes up on the big screen and it was a thanks to all the guys that are leaving and it was like Nani Lamape and... Uh, it was you as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it might have been me. Yeah, it could have been me. <laughs> And retiring, these guys are retiring, and you had like not said a boo about retiring. You were just injured, like you just had, you know, you were contract and you were just injured. And then Jimmy Marshall pops up, and you looked at me, and I looked, and I was like, "When, when did you uh, release that, bro?" And you're like, "Never told anyone. I, I wasn't. Think, I didn't think I was retiring." <laughs> what a great moment! I was like, "Oh, it well, looks like you're off, son." <laughs> And I haven't played since, so they no, haven't played since, so they must have known. But I, I do oh, think I you were sort of contracted to Tasman or something, and maybe looking at coming back because you're, you're not even that old. But geez, I had to laugh. Yeah, mate, I definitely didn't think I was done when that went up there. I was thinking <laughs> potentially my re- if my rehab went well, I was going to come back and maybe try and play. But I was, I think I was what thirty two. You were thirty seven. Yeah. I was. Like, yeah, I, was mate, yeah. I, I, I could get another five years here, but um, nah. They called it, and yes, I'm now done. So, one of the one of the greats. A great moment, yeah. Oh, but mate, what a journey, what a career, and what advice. Um, like like you said in your advice, be yourself, and that's definitely something that you have lived by. I'm sure everyone who's played with you will they'll have some stories about their times with Dan May, no doubt, because mate, you are such a lad. You're a team man for almost every side you've been involved in. You've definitely left your mark on the game here in New Zealand. So, mate, it's been awesome having you on the podcast and um, going through your journey. Mate, great to finally be here. I won't do another one because the next one will be pretty boring uh, if this (laughs) one wasn't boring enough. So, yeah. Mate, it was one of the greats. You're a lad. Cheers to the listeners. What a lad, what a lad.